Welcome, everyone. In my restless dreams, I see that podcast, SNGP Special. I'm your host, David Rad, previous writer for uh, Games Industry, uh, Games Industry Biz, Industry Gamers, and Gamer Feed. With me, someone to whom I promised to talk about Silent Hill to uh, someday, and now we will. Uh, it's my editor, contributor, and partner in potting. It's Tuesday. Uh, the monologue in Silent Hill 2 is, uh, I, I honestly am speechless because it's just so beautiful. <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing and I'll, uh, we'll get to it at the very end talking about the totality of Mary's letter, but, uh, because I, I listened to the whole thing again and it's beautiful and it's also incredibly hard to listen to oh, at the same time, mm-hmm. like just wrenching. Uh, but yes, this is our SNGP special podcast talking exclusively about Silent Hill 2. Yay, Silent Hill. Uh, One of my favorite franchises sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And before we get started in some things, I will just start, plug the... Uh, Patreon is uh, patreon.com slash SMGP. Thank you, Boy 42 Appreciate, again, like anybody's listenership and support you may give. Many thanks. Uh, now, I will just start before we get into this. Like, we might have more to say about the uh, video that was put out about various Silent Hill things, but I feel like we should very briefly address the fact that Silent Hill 2 is being remade, that it, that is going to be a thing, and uh, all I'll say for it right now is that it's clearly going to be something different, and Blooper Team, you really have your work cut out for you. I, uh, I've heard they're on a short leash, so that's promising, but uh, oh man, I do not want to be on that dev team. <laughs> I thought about how, I was just like... Man, like of all the things you have to remake, I, I was like, I would actually not want to do this. Like yeah, it's, yeah. like it's just so much pressure in a game which, like, if Konami actually had their stuff together mm. and had managed to like just properly release the original version on like new consoles and stuff, then that would be really sufficient, yeah. really. But Konami is not a competent company that way. And their recent Silent Hill collection, recent, it's not actually recent at all, the most recent release of Silent Hill 2, like, was not very good because they didn't have all the code. And they, like, didn't have the expertise or put in the time or money to to recreate it. So it is a lesser version of that game. Mm -hmm. And... I'm just emphasizing this because I've seen recreations of it by fans modded in certain ways that the game still looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it obviously, it like, it's 20 years old, so certain things look old, but, like, the style of, of Silent Hill 2 just works with what it is. And even with this new version, I wish that the older version was frankly more available for people to play. Yeah. It's, uh, it is, that's the thing is that like with, um, video games, uh, there are very few that are like absolutely vital to play. 
Uh, if you are a fan of horror gaming and you have not played Silent Hill 2, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice in every way. I completely agree in this case. And like, and for me, like I'm, uh, it's not like I'm the biggest fan of horror games, but like this is a game that actually manages to hit all the right notes. Like not only for, I mean, for me, it just comes down to somebody who enjoys a, a good story being told within a game mm-hmm. through the medium of video games. And speaking of which, let's transition to talking about the game proper. And I'm going to be talking about all parts of the game. So, like, I kind of talked around some of the spoilers for uh, for Dead Space because I I didn't feel like talking about the st- story in depth was necessary to talk about that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like that's impossible at Silent Hill too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, to the point that so, uh, when I played it, I already knew uh, the big thing because it's just unavoidable. Yeah, at this point, it is uh, like certain parts of it are difficult to miss. But anyways. So when the game starts, we see our, see our protagonist, James Sunderland, in a public bathroom on the outskirts of Silent Hill. Not said in Maine, its location is never explicitly put in a particular state, you geeks. <laughs> uh, it's been a big movement for people to say, like, no, no, it's Silent Hill, Maine, or whatever. It's just like, no, it's not. You're, yeah. you're... It's all the more effective having no specific location. Yeah, you're 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 working yourself. Stop, like no, you're 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 too, you're being too cute. Anyways, uh, but while he's in this in this public bathroom, he's recalling a letter sent to him by his wife Mary from the town, which which was their special place, in one of the most iconic monologues in gaming history. The thing is, Mary is dead, and James is going there to investigate the truth. Immediately, there's a good sense of place. A fairly normal-looking turn-of-the-millennium small town, which feels grounded, and to me, as American, almost homey and familiar in a way. Uh, That, in turn, makes twisting it towards something sinister feels all the more potent, disrupting the real with something horrifying. No, I remember still the first time I like. I remember reading a review of this game and like, and just somebody who at the time said like they spent like a half hour in that in that bathroom uh, the first time because they were just taking in all the details mm-hmm. of it. And I mean, like, it's a twenty-year-old game. Like the the details of that aren't necessarily quite as impressive in the same way as they are now. But like, it's incredible to me the palette of the PS2 how they managed to use that to create a just a very uh, potent and uh, believable landscape. Oh, absolutely. It is uh, black magic, what Team Silent did with the PS2, uh, with uh, Silent Hill 2 and 3, uh, particularly Silent Hill 2, because it's just so amazingly beautiful in, in a way that uh, no other game has ever managed to be. As as you run out into the the par- parking lots and into the par- uh, foggy forest, there's more stage setting uh, with ominous rustling in the uh, around the forest and water splashing for unknown reasons, walking into the graveyard, Harry then encounters uh, uh, Angela, a distraught female runaway who is looking for her mother. Uh, James has a key piece of dialogue after being warned the t- town might be in sa- safe. He says, "I don't care if it's dangerous or not." Uh, 
and he wasn't saying this like a like a badass or something. He was just he was just like demonstrating his uncaring attitude towards his own well-being. Uh, the character inter- interaction is frankly awkward, and it sets the tone for the rest of the game. Somehow, in a, in an era before consistently good English voice acting in Japanese games, uh, a Silent Hill actor uh, has actors that feel grounded but not unconvincing. Uh, the first game had a two, uh, and there's more acting in this, and I'd say basically most uh, all the performances hit the right notes when they need to. Mm-hmm. Especially um, James Sunderland, uh, Guy Sihi. Uh, I believe I read that uh, the reason they, they used the voice actors of the models of the characters, uh, but I feel like they I thought that they picked them out of like a group of people who had little or no acting experience because it would have a a higher impact effect to it uh and boy oh boy were they right now i i can't say this for certain but i've heard for the uh the, the james actor that like he was actually somebody who just happened to come into the office and they were like you know why don't you try for the role and they liked him so much they cast him and if that's the case, then I would say they they cast the perfect guy. Absolutely. Since, like, what a uh, what like, a butterfly effect, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, that's the and that's the unique effect. Like for these actors, that like, even though they're obviously acting, like, it somehow it doesn't feel as much like they're acting in the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I mean, like that can. They can work in certain things, like giving you know dramatic performances and whatnot. Like it's, um, like I'm not I'm not spitting on anything like that. But it's just for Silent Hill. It just made it feel like, okay, these are normal troubled people that that we are seeing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the difference between like seeing a regular person versus a quote regular person in a movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, that's that's something that. Uh... A lot of people talked about when uh, uh, Troy Baker was picked in the HD collection is that that does not have any remotely the same charm as uh, that is regular yeah. ass person. I'm glad you brought that up since like you know not to talk about that too much, but yes, like I like Troy Baker is like he's like the leading man in video games mm-hmm. uh, and has been for the past decade. He's a great actor, and I'm. And I've liked him in most everything, but like, yeah, like casting him as James is just like, I don't know, it's just not a good fit. Absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, he's uh, because he just has this free natural confidence about him, and that's definitely not James. Oh yeah, no, uh, there is uh, no better case for someone who's not confident than James Sunderland. Yeah, indeed. Uh, now, uh. Once you finish the, that awkward encounter with Angela, uh, James heads into downtown, uh, where things are eerily silent and absent of people. Clearly, is something is wrong with all of the blood streaks you find on the street, uh, leading to an apparently malfunctioning uh, radio and the first enemy encounter. I will just say that the combat in the game is, uh, I would describe as slow but consistent. Yes. James is James isn't fast, but neither are the enemies, uh, and their attacks can generally be baited out. And most are easy enough to beat beat down with a pipe, uh, and then finish them off with a kick on the ground. Uh, 
I, I feel like that's the most con- like for some people that's the biggest complaint about Silent Hill 2 is just like the the combat is just just kind of there the combat is functional mm-hmm. it's fine uh, like if you want uh, deep combat that like evolves in certain ways as the game goes on like well Silent Hill 2 is not for you. Silent Hill period uh, is not for you. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, also, also that. Uh, now, exploring the town further, it's clear that there's something am- amiss. Although it isn't clear what. Parts of the town are separated with what appears to be giant prefabricated ba- bar- uh, barriers walling off certain streets. And most of the buildings are locked. Although, one building you get into famously has... There was a hole here. It's gone now, uh, p- painted on the w- uh, window. Uh, I'm pretty sure one time I tried playing Silent Hill, I actually bounced off the game at about this point because uh, I just wasn't completely clear of where to go, and I that was an era when I would get more easily distracted in games. Mm-hmm. Silent Hill, uh, both one and two, have a very early patience check. <laughs> <laughs> for people yeah. uh, I remember that I like it's right away in Silent Hill 1 where you gotta get to uh, the school uh, and you gotta find the different keys and stuff uh, Silent Hill 2 is like patience check in a little bit and here it is yeah and dude now while you venture around you encounter Laura uh, who's worth noting is, who, her design is basically the same as the character Sally Poe from the movie Con Air. Uh, Laura's a little girl. She's a bit of a brat, but ha- but her childlike hostility is veiled in the fact that she was friends with Mary. Uh, and she didn't think that J- James was a- James actually cared for her. Uh, worth noting that's, that's worth... Lo- uh, we'll log that thought for later. Um, d- uh, James also does things like reach into a toilet or into a conspicuous hole in the raw wall in a room with butterflies on a bed making squeaking noises. He seems to disregard risk, not out of bravery, but but because of apathy towards his own condition. Uh, this is reflected on when he looks at things in the environment, he'll con- constantly be saying, like, but it doesn't matter. Uh, because James is clearly depressed. Which is the major theme of the of the whole game, along with loss. Now, James's adventures eventually lead him to the Woodside and Blue Creek apartments. This is a long, dark sequence of ch- checking apartment doors, most of which have broken locks and are unusable. This is to such a degree. This is something is something of a meme in the fam community. Uh, I definitely bounced off this game twice in the past in this section. It like honestly, even as somebody who likes the game overall, I would say this part is too long and too tedious. Uh, it is funny uh, because both I feel like Silent Hill One and um, Silent Hill Two have like the longest and occasionally most tedious. Uh, I've always called them dungeons, but they're just areas in the game. Um, they feel like dungeons to me. They have the most uh, tedious ones up front. And then the rest of the game is a little bit uh, smoother on them. But, like, it's definitely an adjustment from a game like Resident Evil where every door has a key, uh, every key has a place, uh, every hallway is actually something to do. There is not um, useless space in the game. 
Where is in Silent Hill 1, 2, and 3, and probably 4, I haven't played 4. Um, like, there are just doors that are there for you to check to cross off a map. Yes, indeed. And this area is the, is the worst part of it, because these are very dense apartments. Mm. So you're, you're checking door after door after door after door, and most of them are just closed. Uh, like, the, the lock is broken. Like, they're, you know, that's the joke in the fan community about... Uh, Silent Hill Lockbreakers. Uh, not Locksmiths, but Lockbreakers. <laughs> Though during the sequence, you uh, James does have his first uh, encounter with Red Pyramid Thing, a.k.a. Pyramid Head, standing be- behind some bars and ominously watching. You also find a pistol and a shopping cart, which was apparently a reference to America's free- freewheeling gun culture. Uh, uh Aged like milk. <laughs> That's not any less relevant. Uh, and uh, uh, you later encounter Eddie, uh, Eddie, Eddie thro- uh, throwing up in a uh, in a bathroom, uh, just kind of establishing that Eddie is just a, a gross character. Uh, there's also Angela who has a uh, who's acting exceedingly weird next next to a mirror. Uh, and she's kind of threatening herself with a with a knife, uh, and uh, and James, since he's a nice guy, manages to talk Angel Doan and, and take the take the knife with him, uh, and you and he keeps the knife for the rest of the game. Worth noting, um, it is not a weapon. Yep, it is not a weapon, though you can look at it. Finally, like at the end of this whole sequence, you encounter Pyramid Head again, like accosting another female enemy in a way that that goes like this. This this game is a, is an AO, right? Uh, I want to note also like Pyramid Head's design with the giant red pyramid head on top, the body that's like a butcher's apron covered in blood and black boots. It's not a cool design. It's just ugly. And I mean that in a good way, because it's not supposed to be... There's nothing that's supposed to be attractive about Pyramid Head. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if the fight itself uh, isn't attractive to look look at. You run back and forth shooting it, when it l- lumbers awkwardly after you, carrying an oversized knife that I can barely seem to carry, uh, attacking by sw- swinging it uh, in an unbalanced fashion with one arm. Uh, eventually, after you do enough damage, it just lumbers into the fl- flooded stairwe- stairwells and air raid siren sounds and leaves. Uh, with the stairwell draining, uh, water being an important theme to the game. And the next part opens up. So, uh, Pyramid Head is such a very interesting design uh, because we'll compare it to uh, Resident Evil, the uh, main, for a while, main competitor of the Silent Hill franchise, in that uh, Nemesis is a very cool-looking monster. He is threatening. His boss fights are uh, very fun, very cool. He is definitely what uh, a lot of uh, gamers would consider just this overwhelming force of dopeness. Pyramid Head never feels like a good experience. <laughs> there there are parts of Pyramid Head that just are really uncomfortable, and that's very intentional, and I appreciate that. Yeah, they're... Every part about him is supposed to be off-putting. But he's not, like, the purpose of him is not like a slasher villain in the direct way. Mm. He's just, he's just, uh, he's just ugliness. But we'll get to the meaning of Pyramid Head in a bit. Uh, 
A major turning point in the game happens when James sees a, a woman on the docks who he thinks is Mary. But she turns around and introduces herself as Maria. While Mary dressed conservatively, Maria is in a short leopard print skirt uh, and a blouse that exposes her midriff, including a butterfly tattoo. Uh, uh, she flirts with James in their first interaction, apparently also unlike Mary. Maria basically invites herself along uh, to James on his trip to Lakeside Hotel. Uh, I will say that despite having to escort her, she, do she generally does a pretty good job of staying out of the way. Uh, now, around this time, you encounter Eddie again, uh, who I would uh, could only describe as a fat slob gorging himself on some pizza in a bowling alley. Uh, and there is also Laura there, who is taunting Eddie for for being for being a coward. Uh, Eddie, in general, seems given over to consumption and sloth. Uh, at this point, uh, Laura runs away and. Uh, Trying to track down Laura is probably the it's the second biggest so, like motivation for James uh, besides trying to find Mary uh, in the game uh, because 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 Laura is an uh, is an innocent child. It's worth noting that like Laura doesn't seem to be able to doesn't perceive threats in the town the same way that everybody else you meet does. So. Uh, uh, next up is the most inevitable of all Silent Hill locations, a hospital. A hospital. Uh, uh, probably yes. the best in the series. <laughs> uh, Maria gets tired, which leaves J uh, James an opportunity to explore unhindered. Uh, there's also the most inevitable of all Silent Hill enemies, uh, which are which are nurses. Uh, it's worth noting that these nurses are... Uh, I think they have like low low cut nurse outfits. Like there's, there is a there is a more sexual element to them as opposed to like in Silent Hill One where it was implied that they had some sort of weird parasite on them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They uh, there is a very distinct design to them that, unfortunately, is used in a lot of other games, but of a uh, low cut dress uh, revealing. Uh, a, a revealing open button top uh, to them uh, and having a very shiny design uh, for certain reasons. Yes, there there are reasons for that. And it's worth noting, even though it was reused, like, that particular design wasn't reused in the other Team Silent games, even no, though you'd go to... Yeah, you would go to hospitals and you would go to nurses, but, like, each game had its own unique enemy designs. The closest uh, it got was in Silent Hill 3, but those had a, a different sort of distinctiveness. Yes, yeah, there was a there is a particular theme to the the enemies in Silent Hill 3, but you know, we'll we'll talk about that when and if we talk about that game. But um, there's also the flesh lip enemy, which is a mass of flesh inside of something that resembles a, a bed frame with uh, odd feminine lips. Uh, Later, Maria catches up to James and berates him for leaving her, and he doesn't care about her, uh, and joins him as they continue to search for Laura, who Maria says she feels some feels responsible for somehow, even though she just met her. Uh, after an exceedingly odd sequence in in an elevator uh, resembling a game show, uh, the, James and Maria end up in the basement 
where they they're cornered by Pyramid Head. Uh, after running down a claustrophobically narrow hallway, James runs into an elevator that sh- uh, that shuts before Maria gets in. As he desperately tries to open it all the way, Pyramid comes up from behind and runs her through. Uh, J- James ri- rides the elevator, uh, and once he finds a clue for the next step, he... Uh, he, he mourns. He mourns his impotence in protecting Maria, uh, and uh, is still looking for Laura, vowing to find Mary, as it is now all he has left. Uh, what a scene! That I I wouldn't. Well, I think Silent Hill uh, games uh, do quite tread the line of being actually terrifying in some certain areas. Uh, I know that the first time that I played Silent Hill one, I was quite scared. Um, this scene itself is another one of those big, yeah, a game can be pretty scary moments. Yeah, I mean, I know for me when I played it, like, it's just shocking that it happened since mm-hmm. Maria seemed to be a highly important character and then it's just like, oh, now she's, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't see, I saw that coming, but, um, yeah, he's, uh, Adding to James's generally distraught nature, uh, now eventually there's. Uh, made note that like I'm skipping past. There, there's a lot of obtuse like puzzle solving in this game as well, uh, which, uh, which I'm just like okay, like it, it's find a thing and put it in a thing. You you solve puzzles that happens. Uh, sometimes there's the equivalent of black moving puzzles, uh, but. Uh, finding his way into the Silent Hill Historical Society, James heads down, 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 down some stairs and ends up in a prison. Uh, where he encounters the Mandarin, a female enemy with lips for hands that shoots up tentacles underneath the grating in some areas. And pris- prisoners, which aren't visible and just seem to seem say ritual over and over again. And can't hurt James, but only exi- seem to exist to freak the player out. Uh, further, uh, further in, James encounters Eddie, who appears to have shot a man for looking at him wrong before uh, Eddie, uh, Eddie runs off again, um, trying to pl- play it off like, no, they were they were shot when I got here. Uh, venturing further in the prison, James encounters some famous puzzles involving, involving a gallows and a guillotine, the latter of which is in a dark courtyard with an oppressive, oppressive rumbling that provoked in me a strong sense of I need to get the heck out of here. Uh, mm, that is such a distinct room, despite having one piece of furniture in it. Yep, just it's just a prison courtyard that has a guillotine in it, uh, very darkened, but like just the sounds that are happening it was just pressing on my lizard brain that was just invoking my flight instincts very, very heavily. Absolutely. Uh, I want to take this moment to acknowledge how great Akira Yamaoka's sound design is for the game. Uh, it's absolutely masterful in conveying the right time, tones at the right time. Uh, like, yeah, I can't, like, Yamaoka, like, showed his chops in the first Silent Hill game, and uh, in Silent Hill 2, it is, it, it, he, he is brilliant once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's there are some mimeticisms in his um, 
music choices. I know that there uh, <laughs> sometimes the uh, fan community will say, "Yo, I just put my toaster in the dryer and I got a new Yakira uh, Akira Yamaoka album." Not necessarily incorrect sometimes, <laughs> um, but Silent Hill Two uh, definitely shows his strengths as a composer. Uh, shows that he really knows his stuff and uh, can make some genuinely beautiful and terrifying music. I would say, like most of the music in Silent Hill is is it's very somber. Yes. I would say, like. Uh, which again, like uh, matches the matches the tone overall, but uh, and, uh, it's it's not usually directly terrifying. But like the sound design is is really just top notch for the whole game. Absolutely. Uh, as James heads down further into holes, jumping down and down again, the symbolism of being in prison and being further in a hole. I remember just thinking at the time, my God, James. What did you do? James eventually finds Muriel alive in a prison cell. In one of the most iconic exchanges in video game history, uh, Maria doesn't remember being stabbed and asks James if he's mistaking her for someone else. Then teasing him in a playful way, mentioning, uh, mentioning something about a videotape that only Ma Mary would know about. When he confronts her, Maria says she's not not as Mary, that and that she can be whatever he wants, that she's alive and real while touching his face. She asks if if he wants to touch her, and he sheepishly, almost almost with almost desperate, desperately pathetic tones, says he'll be there soon. That is such a good uh, scene because it has a really smart camera angle of not of being obscured who's behind the bars <laughs> that's a that's a very good point uh a little later you uh james encounters angela who accuses uh, james of being interested in only one thing and then talks about her father abusing her you you save angela from some some monster but she isn't terribly grateful uh Angela then calls James a liar for saying his wife died of an illness and that he, and says he probably found another woman. Uh, James then rushes to Maria, unlocking the handcuffs as if unlocking his own inhibitions along the way. But when he went, gets in the room, Maria is dead on the bed. The mattress covered in blood and bruises on her, on her face only, crucially. As James wondered what uh, could have happened as he sits next to her contemplating, and he says simply, Mary. Eddie shows up again, and he's killed more people. He relates the story of being bullied and says he'll shoot anyone who mocks him again. When James unwisely asks Eddie if he's nuts, uh, Eddie accuses him of being like everyone else and uh, fires his gun at him, and they fight. Eddie escapes to another room and confesses that he killed a dog and shot some other kid. Uh, when when James tells him that isn't right, Eddie, Eddie knows that James is here too, so he can't be innocent either. They're, they're the same. They're not like other people. When Eddie's defeated, James despairs that, he, it despairs that he's killed a, hu a, a human being. And then, then thinking on a little, he actively wonders if Mary actually died three years ago. Do you know a interesting thing about a certain item in this game after this scene? 
um, after this scene? I don't think so. So, fun fact, uh, Mary's letter, uh, you carry it in your inventory the entire time. After the boss fight with Eddie, if you look at it, it's a blank piece of paper. Really? Yep. That is uh, genuinely haunting, uh, pretty terrifying. Mm. It is the strongest piece of no-context storytelling I can ever think of. That's that's some brilliant stuff right there. And you see, that's part of the reason for like the genius mood of the game is that there's things that you can easily miss, yep. small details. And when I was going through this for this topic, like there were small details of like they hinted things before you had, and like I mean, obviously there were major tones that like I had picked up, but like there were other other like things hinting at stuff that I didn't pick up. So like it's it's all there. So like. I can see how back in the day people would feel satisfied with playing the game multiple times yeah. and getting more out of it. Uh, James then finally crosses the river, finally getting to the Lakeview Hotel. When he finds Laura again, she gives James a letter from Mary, showing uh, which shows how much she, uh, she cared for Laura in the hospital and established that Mary couldn't have died three years ago since... It wished uh, Laura happy uh, happy eighth birthday, and she says she just turned eight last week. Uh, this really cements James as an unreliable narrator. Uh, though in, in most cases, most people don't realize they're an unreliable narrator, but James starts to realize that his, that his memories are unreliable. Uh, eventually, he finds the infamous tape, a TV, and a VCR. Uh, James then hits play and sees a video of Mary enjoying their vacation to Silent Hill and saying she wishes to return, ending with her coughing. And then there starts splicing in a second video of James approaching a sick bedridden Mary, kissing her on the forehead before smothering her with a pillow, euthanizing her. The camera pans out to James slumped over in front of the TV, slowly panning around. Laura runs in and, and asks if she's uh, he's found Mary, and uh, James very contentfully says she's dead. And uh, when Laura Laura asks if she died of the illness, he confesses that he that he killed her. Laura then yells at James uh, that James never lo- loved her, to, uh, like uh, punching his shoulder and storing off. James then hears Mary's voice over the radio static to come see her, and James heads heads off into the now flooded hotel. His version his version of Silent Hill is always drowning. Uh, I just want to say here how much I love how the game paces itself, letting emotional moments linger enough for their impact to be felt. Absolutely, absolutely. This moment uh, is just it's heartbreaking. Uh, it is breathtaking, uh, and it is just, it's, despite the deep and sadden, saddening and disturbing content, it is one of the, actually probably the best uh, storytelling moment in video games ever, honestly. <laughs> it's extremely good. Like and, and like I said, I just love the fact that, like, once the video ends, it just, like, it's, there's the, like, it's just the camera above James. Mm-hmm. 
and he's just slumped in front of the TV, and it just pans over slowly. And that's like 30 seconds yeah. of just like having that be there. Like, yeah. just letting it all sink in. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that is such patience. That is such allowing the moment to hit. And like, and it also happens when James confesses that he killed Mary to Laura. Like, you know, they, it, it, they're also like both silent for like about, about 10 seconds. Yeah. Like or several seconds at least, and like and again, like letting it sink in that like he has just convinced the uh, uh, this girl that like you know I I I kill my wife like, and it's that sort of subtle things that like are difficult to get right, but Simon Till to uh, manages to. Yep, the game wants you to sit with your emotions, and uh, oh boy, are you gonna sit with them? Yeah, I was. I was really like getting through at this point. I was, it was dredging back up all the feelings I had again of uh, of playing it the first time. Now, heading further into the bowels of the drenched hotel, James encounters a, a stairway that's actually engulfed in flames with Angela in it. She she mistakes him for her mama uh, until realizing her mistake, and then. And then tells James she's she's he, uh, she's sorry that he rescued her, uh, and saying that even Mama says I deserve this. Uh, she then mockingly asks if James will heal and love her, uh, uh, which is an interesting sequence wherein like it, the camera perspective is from James' perspective. She was, she's actually on a salary above you, so like she's talking da- down at you mm-hmm. uh, and into James. Uh, she then asks for the knife back uh, that James took earlier. When, J- uh, when James refuses, uh, she, she asks, saving it for yourself? Uh, Angela then walks up the stairs into the flames as James remarks that it's hot as hell. Uh, and Angela says, uh, you, you see it too, and that it's always like this for her. Uh, at the... At this point, we've established that, like, Angela, Eddie, and James, they are each in their own separate versions of Silent Hill, experiencing, really, their own particular hells, really. Uh, Uh, Silent Hill 2 and 3 have a really good tendency to have one line and some partial evidence to uh, add a whole lot of lore to like make that one line do lifting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for Angela it's always on fire and apparently for Eddie he saw every everyone wore cruel, cruel smiles uh in uh in his silent hill. And for James it's it's always covered in water. Uh, Now, shortly after this, James walks into a large room where, on an elevated platform, Maria is strapped strapped down, upside down, next to two pyramid heads. He yells out to stop and to leave leave them alone to no avail, as one runs Maria through with a spear. James said that he needed them because he was weak, needed someone to punish him uh, for his sins, but now he knows the truth, and it's time to end this. He fights them, and in the, in the end, they both turn, turn the spears on themselves, stabbing them underneath the pyramid mask, uh, and they move, and they move no more. Uh, I remember, I remember that sequence, and just like seeing, uh, seeing Maria again and having her die again. It was, 
I mean, some people might say, like, okay, we're, like, some people might say, like, okay, I got it, you're hammering on to the point. But to me, like, this, it, to me, this solidified the point of, like, what Maria symbolizes. Mm -hmm. uh, because, because Maria isn't really a person. Mm -hmm. uh, it, for me, it also, like, uh, talks a little bit about how, in a way, uh, Pyramid Head is also just a, uh, Pyramid Head is also a part of James, uh, in that, um, in that he exists as the fact, or Pyramid Head exists as the fact that James feels guilty about what he did, and the fact that he keeps impaling or hurting or murdering Maria is just the fact that James is subconsciously, continuously reliving the fact that he killed his wife, and it's just a very good piece of symbolism and when you finally see that scene and you finally see pyramid head you know and pyramid head it's a good point of saying this is james in a way accepting what he did and beginning to learn how to grow from it indeed now james finally comes across the image of mary on a dilapidated rooftop uh, well, it looks like Mary. She points out that Mary is dead, but she could be for, be there for him, never yell at him or make him feel guilty. James, however, says he understands now and wants to end the nightmare. Mary won't ha won't let him and says it's time for him to die too. So the final confrontation begins against Mary's desiccated corpse hanging upside down in a bed frame, sh shooting out butterflies to attack. I, I've honestly never been sadder after the after our final boss in the game. Like mm -hmm. it's, uh, there was, like, I remember reading some silly YouTube comment that was talking about like you know yeah like you know I've you know it, it was awesome to fi finally get it down. I was just, and I was thinking like what are you talking about like mm -hmm. are you are you just a robot like do you not pr process anything that's actually happening like yeah not only uh, that but uh, the game is hard coded such that. Once Mary reaches a certain HP, her the boss will fall on the floor and just continuously say James until you kill her. Yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, I, that's another subtle moment, like emphasizing that you have to be the you have to do it, and you're you know you're do and you're doing it to her, and just like recreating that moment. It's like the. It's like another climactic moment in uh, Metal Gear Solid Three. Uh, 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 th those who know know, but um, <coughs> excuse me. At this point, there are multiple end endings to the game. In most endings, James has a final conversation with Mary on essentially her deathbed, deathbed where they uh, confess things to each other about their final days. Uh, and uh, and the and Mary reads out her fi her final letter, the contents of which are just heartbreaking, in their outpouring of emotions about her reminiscing, knowing she would die, about being bitter and angry, and then asking James to forgive her, and move on. Uh, like listening to that performance again, I, w I was like, this is like. The actress who do, who does Mary, like she doesn't have a ton of like. I'm pretty sure it it is the same one who does Maria. Anyways, yes. like, like, but the 
there aren't a ton of moments like that for Mary. Like she's mostly just established by that letter, but it is, um, it is, it is such a, <laughs> it is an, am- an amazing rendition, frankly. Like it's, uh, yeah, just, uh, it was <laughs> honestly tough to listen to again, mm-hmm. but, uh, but uh, for the endings in the leave ending, James leaves the town with Laura, uh, having reconciled everything. This is as close as the game gets to a good ending, essentially. Uh, in the in water ending, uh, James commits suicide by driving driving his car into late uh, Toluca uh, with Mary's body in the car, saying they'll be they'll be together. Uh, I remember when I played the game. This this was the ending I got. Uh, a lot of a lot of elements can lead to the in in water ending, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, like listening to uh, uh, like there's a uh, uh, yeah so yeah for instance like there's. Uh, there, there was a sequence towards the end, a long hallway, where James recalls visiting Mary in a hospital. Brings her fl- flowers, and she doesn't want she doesn't want them. She's angry about the disease and the treatment having ravaged her body, and how the hospital has profited over her presence. And she wished she could just die. Mary yells at him to leave and not return, but immediately regrets it and wishes he'd he'd be there and reassure her. I remember reading about this sequence that if you listen to that whole thing, then you are more likely to get in water. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, like there's a few just subtle things that will push you toward towards it. And I think like also examining the knife uh, a lot will also push you towards in water. The uh, knife and the letter, uh, examining those are things that push you towards in water. Uh, like you said, that um, sequence in the corridor, listening to that full sequence pushes you more towards in water. Um, if you, uh, when the couple times that uh, Maria is hanging out with you, um, if you run away from her, like if you leave her behind a whole lot and she's having to catch up with you when you're in the overworld, that helps. Uh, also, if you um, harm her, like if you hit her with one of your weapons, that definitely tilts you towards it as well. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, there's there's just a lot of small factors that can drive you to it. Again, like this is this is all internal math that the game doesn't surface. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, now, in the uh, the Maria ending, sees uh, Mary as the woman on the rooftop who has not forgiven James for ki- uh, for killing her. And uh, but J- but uh, James dismisses her as a hallucination, and the- decides to leave leave town with the alive Eli- Maria. They they meet up on the dock where they first met. Uh, though Maria briefly coughs, and uh, some is taking that as a suggestion that she'll become sick like like Mary, and this and the cycle will, will repeat. Uh, it's, that that's kind of the bad ending implied. Like uh, like J- James is kind of taking a bad attitude about things as well. Uh, now in replays, you can get the rebirth ending, which Jam- James plans to resurrect Mary using the arcane magic in Silent Hill. Uh, which I, I mean, t- to me, that felt like a nod to the whole cult elements that are. Otherwise, uh, fairly absent in this game mm-hmm. uh, as compared to the first game, um, 
And then there's two joke endings, one of which is Dog, where James uncovers a dog has been controlling the events of the game in like a uh, in like a producer's room. Uh, and uh, UFO, where James is abducted by aliens with the help of the first game's protagonist, Harry Mason. Uh, now, the game doesn't establish which one of those are canon, although obviously Dog and UFO aren't. Um, uh, though, uh, and that's often been regarded as as being like a strength of the storytelling that like it could be any of those. But of course, like as noted on the one of the many horrible things about the traumatic reveal of the Silent Hill Pachinko Machine uh, <laughs> was the fact that it seemed like it was canonizing one of the endings, like it was canonizing the leave ending in a in a tacit way, nice. uh, which. Yeah, I uh, that didn't make me feel great at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially considering that uh, Masahiro Ito, the uh, lead des- character designer for Silent Hill 2, as well as Guy Seahe, who is the voice actor for James Sunderland, which doesn't hold as much weight, but is still worth noting, both consider the uh, in-water ending to be canon. Uh, canon. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's enough things to point into that. Like, it's not a... It's not a happy story. Yeah. So. Uh, now, some of the events that happened as I, as I see them before the game. James and Mary, Mary were happily married, but Mary became ill with a wasting illness. She was hospitalized for years, uh, and her misery towards the wo- world and the lack of physical affection drove James in the uh, arms of some floozy he probably met at a nightclub. Uh, when James returned home for the last time, James killed her at s- somewhat of her request, but also just to be pa- past the pain. Uh, however, the guilt of this consumed him, and his lust and rage became Pyramid Head, uh, and his desires became Maria. Uh, and, the gu- uh, and the guilt was shown in the re- recurring cycle of her being killed over and over again. Uh, that is the way I perceived the symbolism of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, again, like not, nothing can be said for certain about this because, like, uh, certain things are meant to be somewhat ambiguous or for like uh, a certain amount of interpretation. But like that—that is—that is as I see it. Um, yeah. Just kind of like how you know, Silent Hill doesn't isn't isn't a per- in a particular state, no matter what some uh overly clever internet sleuths might think mm-hmm. um, it is uh that that is a good interpretation uh one thing that is worth noting is that uh pyramid head is one of two male uh monsters in the game uh between pyramid head and the abstract daddy enemies all of the rest of the enemies uh have a certain female uh energy towards them uh f- more feminine body designs and that definitely leans towards the idea that James uh, Pyramid Head is definitely punishing James, uh, which in a way is him punishing himself for his feelings of uh, lust and um, infidelity, potentially, uh, towards Mary and just wanting to have back what he used to. Yeah, totally. Like, uh, the way I see it, Pyramid Head is James. Absolutely. Uh, like, I know... Like... Uh, and or at least an aspect of them, like it's solidified by the fact that I know you can just get um, 
uh, like the the large knife that mm-hmm. uh, Pyramid Head uh, walked with. Like you can just get that as a weapon. Uh, and apparently, I I think I remember reading later that apparently it's just the uh, the 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 knife that Angela gives you that they just blew up in size. Uh, I, I might be incorrect. I, I might be incorrect on in that. There's some small feature of it. It's either that or like the one he, the piece he gets and the one that that pyramided wheels are actually two pieces of a scissors. Like they're designed to match together. Yeah, I think, it, there's I some small. That's what I've heard. Okay, okay, uh, yeah. Like they're another again, like a small insignificant detail that like nobody would ever know, notice except they pointed out. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, that that to me points out that like, hey, like. Confronting Pyramid Head was confronting himself. Like, it's an aspect of himself that he had to destroy. This is about... Because, again, like, the game is about acceptance uh, or or being driven completely into despair, frankly. Uh, now, Silent Hill 2 is an emotional journey, and uh, subtle in, in ways games rarely are. Well, the f- first third has serious pacing problems, and the cap- and the combat operates as a level of functional. Everything clicks into place uh, to make a tale that's relatable, because the horror is very human, with James being one of the best realized characters ever in a video game. He's not a bad person, but he's done things he's not proud of, and in fact is incredibly guilty of. And he... He's a mixture of contradicting emotions that, frankly, all of us have felt at one time or another. Uh, Silent Hill 2 is a classic experience that, uh, when I did eventually get through all of it, I was just, I was just, and like, and this was 15 years after it came out, uh, but I was still uh, blown away at like how. Uh, how re- well realized everything was, and I realized that like this game is actually actually is what what people say it is. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's very rare to find. That's that's kind of the problem with certain games is that everyone has nostalgia for them. Understandable. With Silent Hill Two, uh, all of it is justified. Uh, everything in the game is intentional. It reminds me a lot of uh, Edgar Allan Poe's writing, in that Edgar Allan Poe uh, never writes something pointlessly. Uh, that's very similar to the way that uh, this game is produced and that none of this game is pointless. Uh, everything exists for a reason in it and um, it's, it's rare to find a game that takes that loves itself and cares so much about telling you the story that it wants to tell you. Uh, you don't you don't find them often. Exactly. It, it somehow manages to convey like this, off-kilter view of America that uh, at one point like feels very believable like in a way that uh, I like just like in the first game how I talked about this the school how it's just like I feel like I've been in this classroom mm-hmm. before uh, like there's uh, Silent Hill 2 can be like that like that too in some ways like there's uh, like parts of it feel like you know like I've been down this street before um, or I've been in this hotel before, or I, I've been in this uh, sleazy public restroom before, um, and uh, all the characters are are grounded, grounded, messed up enough to be believable as real people, as real Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and uh, and that's just hyper rare, and that's why I feel like uh, Blooper Team has a uh, heck heck of a job uh, that they have to do to try and uh, match this. Uh, I I said it at the top of the podcast. I'm gonna say it again. Would not want to be on that dev team. <laughs> they're. Uh, I'm not going to pour out any disliking them for this, like since that's totally undeserved. But yeah, I will just say that it is. Uh, I it's uh, even at best, I'll say like it's difficult to follow out something that just seems to thematically be perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, like. Be, like being like being a perfect game is like difficult to cl- claim, probably impossible for anything. But like thematically, even I would say the, like the limitations of the time, like of the PS2, of which there are many, like um, like they managed to use the as much expressiveness as those characters could have. Uh, like and even like textures at the time were pretty flat. But I would say like those dark flat textures even managed to contribute to Silent Hill 2's atmosphere pretty well. Um, like recreating that in the 2020s is a uh, un- unfathomable task, yeah. fr- frankly. Like, uh, and it seems like they're trying to put their own spin on it in some certain ways. And even though I feel like uh, Konami was very, very forward in. Uh, in t- in talking about how uh, in Silent Hill 2 the remake the basically uh, Masahiro Ito and Akira Yamoka basically the only two members of Team Silent that are associated with uh, Konami in any ways they, they threw out their names at first like hey yo the original artist and composer like you know they're helping to they're involved in this and I feel like that was just a, they're really trying to hammer home, like, hey, like, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to preserve this as much as we can. But, like, at the same time, like, that's still just the, like, the artist and the composer. Like, that's not yeah. any other member of Team Silent or, like, even the director. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's being made in Poland uh, by Bloober Team. So, like... How will that all end up? Like, I'm guessing it will be something different. Yeah. Uh, because because it, it couldn't help not to be. Uh, especially since they are changing the camera's perspective in the game mm-hmm. uh, to change change the combat system, which, uh, yeah, that's one of those like that's one of those things that like I'm not sh- I'm not shocked about that, but like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing, is that, uh, and I, I said this to you offline, is that I'm, I'm seeing this more as a, like, mid-2000s, uh, 2010s uh, Hollywood remake for cash, uh, similar to the <laughs> RoboCop or Total Recall. Uh, it's, there are games that, uh, when they're remade, for example, Resident Evil 1 remake, 2 remake, that can shouldn't but can replace their original uh copy uh, for example if someone picks up a remake and plays that instead of the original no loss uh same thing with resident evil 2 in fact in ways it's made a little bit more user-friendly for the modern era silent hill 2 no matter how good the remake by blooper team is going to be 
it cannot be replaced. The thing is, is that, like, this is the game that kind of, in a way, defines the uh, survival horror genre. When we talked about Lone Survivor, we talked about how that game started as a Resident Evil, er, sorry, Silent Hill 2 remake. There are a lot of games that are the way they are because of Silent Hill, specifically Silent Hill 2. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, it's, uh, I, I, there is in no way, shape, or form any chance that it will be better than the original, but hey, it's, it's a new perspective on the game. It might be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, the only thing that I will say is, uh, would turn me off from it completely is crafting, so don't, don't put that in it. <laughs> <laughs> don't make it too modern. Don't make it too much like Lone Survivor. Yeah. Uh, if, I got that, that actually would be, <laughs> manage, uh, manage James's, you know, hunger and, uh, yeah. and, uh, make sure, make sure he goes to bed a lot. I already um, ate it. <laughs> Pick up a lot of crap off the ground and make sure you're you're crafting stuff. Drink uh, six like... bottles of spoiled milk so you can get water. <laughs> uh, well, you. But you did you did pretty much say it all. I feel like uh, if you haven't played Silent Hill two, uh, then play 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 Silent Hill two like our. Our descriptions. I I just really love the game, and yeah. it is uh, it is it is irreplaceable. It is a particular game made at a particular time by particular people, yeah. and uh, and I mean like the same could be said of, of all the Team Silent games, really. So, mm-hmm. um, so yes, see seek that. It's not like the new Dead Space, where in like that does has have the potential of being like okay, like if you play this and not the original Dead Space, then you're probably fine if yeah. they do a good job with that. Uh, in this case, yeah, the the new Silent Hill two will will be something different. This the original uh, the original Silent Hill two is uh, is is a classic and show will always be that. Yeah, yep. Silent Hill two, we love it. Uh, Silent Hill one is my all time favorite game. I'm absolutely willing to uh, admit and accept Silent Hill two is the better game in every way, shape, and form, and uh, it still holds a good place in my heart though. So. So, totally agree. I want to say thank you all for listening. Now we have uh, for future podcasts. Say like actually uh, n- next week. Uh, <laughs> I teased this last time, but like, what? Why don't we? Why don't we t- uh, do that talk about Hotline Miami in the Devolver style? Heck yeah! Uh, I'm 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 into that. And coming sometime after that, I want to. Continue our talking about the uh, the Tomb Raider reset in Tomb Raider uh, uh, Tomb Raider anniversary. Yep. It's that's yeah that's it. <laughs> Sorry if I occasionally get Legend and Anniversary switched around in my mind. It's like it's really hard because like Anniversary should be the first one in the series, but Legend was for it's it's weird. It's yeah the 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 timeline is is odd since the anyways, timeline is yeah, weird. It that, doesn't matter. It's too rare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Talk about that and like it also and also like again like 
Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare and like, Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare and all of, all of its other toys. But anyways, that will be at a future podcast. And thank you all for listening. And hopefully we will see you all next time. Until then.